As the bank holiday weekend approaches, the question on everyone's mind is what's going to happen next? Will current restrictions remain in place? Will they be relaxed a little? And what is it that will help us to dig in and stay the course? Hello, thanks for joining me for another edition of You OK, heading into a May Bank holiday weekend like no other. I hope you're doing well and that you have some nice plans to look forward to over the next few days as we wait to hear what the next phase of coronavirus containment looks like. Today, I'm joined by behavioural specialist and co-host of the Behavioural Vaccine podcast, Podrick Walsh, who explains some of the reasons why we're finding the current restrictions so hard and what we need to help us keep going, irrespective of what may come next week. We're in the biggest behavioural intervention there's ever been. And if you were to take the circumstances that we find ourselves in right now, we have had to change habits of a lifetime. We've been asked at the start, it was just wash your hands a bit more and don't touch your face. But then slowly but surely, things increased and and the the expectations of us were increased and we had to start staying at home more. We had to increase our personal space to two metres. We changed our social greetings to tapping each other on the elbow. When we were allowed to get that close, we can't even do that now. So we've been asked to change so many things in a very short space of time. I I often think about this like a social experiment. You would never get ethics approval for the level of intervention that has gone in here. But here we are. I certainly find it interesting to observe the difference between here and the UK in terms of the speed with which things were brought in. One of my close friends lives in the UK And what we had introduced over maybe three weeks, they experienced in a week. And it was palpable, the sense of anxiety and panic that existed for people in the UK who were like, but we literally just the other day, it was just about, you know, maybe social distance a little bit. And now we're in lockdown. So at least I feel we had a bit of time to get our brains around the fact this is serious and it's going one way and we'll get there eventually. We also have different conditions with different countries. So different countries did different things at different times. And we can see the impact there of what worked and what didn't work. Now, if we're trying to influence behaviour change, one of the really important things that we need to have is a clear message. A very clear, very concise, no fuzzy, no grey. This is what the behavioural expectation is, right? So in Ireland, we were very fortunate. At the start, we were given very clear messaging by people of authority. So you always had the chief medical officer or you had people who carried authority delivering that message. But we also had a reinforcement schedule. So when you're looking at praising somebody, we had six o'clock every evening. We had feedback from the Minister for Health, from the Taoiseach, from the medics, telling us what is happening, telling us what the data is, telling us what the expectations are. So there was lots of reminders for us. You compare that to your friend in the UK or look at America, Mm. where there's a whole host of mixed messages occurring, where there is fuzzy in the message that's being delivered. So that gives people a little bit of leeway. And we know if we're trying to change one person's behaviour and the message is fuzzy, that can lead to difficulty. If you're trying to change the behaviour of millions of people, there's a whole host of other variables that come in. Because if I see you doing something that you're not meant to be doing, well, then I think, well, why am I doing it? And that starts to to permeate through. So in terms of a behavioural intervention, it's, it's really interesting to look at. We had been working up until now towards a goal of flattening the curve. 
hashtag flattening the curve everywhere. And everybody became experts in logarithmic graphs. And this is what we were talking about. And, and we saw that we were actually very compliant and in agreement with this. Then we, we got note on the Late Late Show that we had flattened the curve. We were told we had flattened the curve. And that started to, I think, shift our behaviour. This was the evening that Tony Holohan came on to the Late Late Show and said, we, the peak, we've passed the point at which we thought the peak was going to hit. And then he said the words. Yeah. He said, we have flattened, flattened the, curve. the curve. So that was the thing that every yeah. every newspaper, every media outlet the next day picked up. I did a quick search the week afterwards and I saw 28, 29 different online articles saying we have flattened the curve, mm-hmm. which naturally as humans who've been working towards this goal, we have achieved it. We have got reinforcement. Finally, our our paternal, you know, <laughs> person who has been on the news at six o'clock every evening giving us a virtual pat on the head, finally pats us on the back and says, we have done what we've had to do. So it's interesting to look at it behaviourally because what we what we noticed after that was that people started to relax what they had been doing. There was an increase, a slight increase in traffic. There was an increase in people taking public transport. There was lots of anecdotal evidence that people were being more lax in, in, in their strict adherence to social distancing. And I think that that had that those two things are actually kind of linked. But actually, this is like the Leaving Cert. It's a series of exams and we're hitting different goals along the way. And we need to find really quickly what's our next goal. Yeah. So flattening the curve was great. And you could see how everybody got behind that. Everybody was willing to change their behaviour because they were they were focused in on flattening the curve. But once you say we flattened it, well, then what's what's the motivation? Why do I can why would I continue training after I've done the marathon? I've done the marathon, Jan. Why yeah. why would I continue training? <laughs> I like sitting back eating pavlova at eleven o'clock at night. You know, I'm not going to start eating muesli bars again. I'm 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 off the hook. And that's obviously a key part of like human psychology. That's something we need. We need goals, even if we don't consider ourselves to be goal orientated people. There's something in us that actually needs a point on the horizon that we're going for. Well, well we certainly need it if we're being asked to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. We certainly need a goal because the first thing we'll be asked is why. And what I think, I, I think the difficulty is going to start to arise when some people have restrictions relaxed and others don't. Because at the moment, we're really playing into this cohesive sense of fairness. We're all doing the same thing for the greater good. And one of the interesting things to come out from, from research on the ESRI is that we f- we relate more to that one vulnerable individual. Right. So if we keep in our heads that one individual, we are better prepared to change our behaviour than if we get stats. Mm-hmm. That if we say, OK, we've, we've, you know, there are 50 people dead today mm-hmm. or five people dead. We don't necessarily scale our empathy in right. line with the number of people. So keeping that one one focused person in our mind is really, really important. And that's, I suppose, if you're looking for the next goal, I think that's it, that that up until now we've been focused on flattening a curve and, and a statistical, um, I suppose, a, a statistical goal. Uh, whereas now I think we need to really tune back into the people that matter most to us and have that as our goal. One of the great things as well about the, uh, the behavioural intervention that Ireland put in place was when they were telling us to stay at home, what they did very quickly was removed motivation to leave home. All right. 
So what we had, because that's one of the big things when we're trying to change our behaviour, is we're trying to remove alternative temptations. So if I was worried about going to work, it's okay, we're going to pay for mm. that, right? Now, it mightn't be to the level that you had before and you're missing out on the important aspects of work, like connecting with other people and a sense of satisfaction, etc., etc. But the money part of it is fine. We can, they work to pause your mortgage. How am I going to pay your mortgage? Don't worry about that now. Just stay at home. You know, what about the concerts that I want to go to? What about the football matches? They're cancelled. Don't worry about them. Just stay at home. So as a behavioural intervention, we were really quick to act on that, you know, within yeah. within the context compared to other countries. We've been very quick to to act. Mm. I was only saying to somebody yesterday we were chatting about it and she was saying, I'm actually I've arrived at a zone now where I'm kind of I'm kind of OK now being at home. I've sort of settled into it. And we were saying part of it is because we all are there. So there <laughs> There's so very there, little to envy. There's very little to envy. And I think from a lot of people I've talked to, they're, they're quite enjoying this lower pace of life, you know. Kate, who I do the Behavioural Vaccine podcast with, mm-hmm. she talks about, she feels like we've gone back to our grandparents' lives, you know. So she's going, we're actually living the lives of our grandparents right now. And she's, we don't leave home too often or our work is done at home. I think of my grandparents mm-hmm. and all the work. My One set of grandparents had a farm, the other had a shop. They found their partners fairly close to home as well. <laughs> uh, they appreciated their locality and knew all their neighbours. Yeah. They knew every back road that there was to be seen. A lot of us now are moving so fast that we, we don't stop and appreciate things. Loads of people are noticing. I've started bird watching. Have you indeed? I have started bird Good watching. Man. Don't know the difference between them, but I've been watching them. <laughs> but they're fascinating. And springtime is great for that because we start to, to see these things. And if we can't, we can't do the things that we normally do. Mm. It's nice to ground into to these things that are, are that are happening now. It's springtime. Absolutely. And helps to connect us to ourselves, to the world around us, all of that. I was struck there when you were talking about when um, the behavioural intervention was happening, how a lot of the temptations and motivations to leave our homes were also shut effectively and closed off to us. We're going to be entering into a time soon where that tension is going to return because the economy is going to have to kick back into some kind of action. There's going to be some kind of reopening of, I don't know, whether it be types of shops, possibly hairdressers. There are a lot of people. It is the topic. <laughs> I think we all need hairdressers It is right the topic now. that seems to come up. <laughs> it's required of us to be to ease our way back into something approaching normality, but not to go full throttle into it. What is it about us that finds it difficult to incrementally go back to something that we don't, when we've been penned up, that we don't want to to go, let's go and have a full moon party on Bray Strand. Just like the, the measures were introduced incrementally, the relaxation of them are going to be faded out. So it's a term in behaviour analysis we call fading out of the prompts and slowly fading out. And when we fade out, that's done in a stepwise manner. Mm-hmm. And any time there's a regression, any time we find that, that we're fading out help, but that the person needs more help, mm-hmm. we, we take a step back. Okay. Okay. So we'll find that with the relaxation measures that if there's a regression, you can see it in places like Japan and Germany that they're starting to think, oh, oh, we need to reintroduce these measures again. We can't fade out too quickly. Mm -hmm. If we fade out our supports for somebody when we're teaching them a skill too quickly, they fall on their face. I'm going to watch this with with a keen behavioural eye to see how people respond. Yeah. I see how we all respond to myself. Well, that's it. I was just going to say, like, much as you have an awareness and an insight into what's actually actually happening, I'm sure you're also like, oh. Uh, oh, <laughs> my God. 
I I was only in I was only in with Sean O'Rourke there saying I had planned to write an article on procrastination because I was finding this is a really interesting phenomenon. But I was, I was finding that I wasn't doing it right, yeah. and um, so I said right, I'm going to look into this because behavior analysis has a huge role to play in getting us doing things, you know, behaving a particular way. So I looked into the behavior analysis research into procrastination, started to sketch out my ideas and wrote them down. And then about two weeks later, I said, where is that sketch pad that I had of those ideas for that article? I was procrastinating on an article on procrastination. We are all, we all don't have a deadline, right? So when we go to work, we're set with deadlines for X, Y and Z. Or we're meeting people on the hallway. We're meeting them directly at work and deadlines are being set. And we're getting little bits of motivation from everyone that we meet. We're not getting that now. So we can drift our way through lockdown if we want to. Or we can try and set those goals to to make ourselves accountable. Mm -hmm. Look, it's a huge behavioural experiment. That's what myself and Kate are looking at in the Behavioural Vaccine podcast are all of these different elements, not Mm -hmm. just from, you know, a national scale as a national behaviour support plan, but even the individual day to day stuff that behavioural science has a role to play in helping us understand. Yeah. So when people get whatever news we are to get um, from, you know, the the powers that be from the CMO, from the Taoiseach, etc., It seems to me that your advice is very much around goals, that if you can picture either a person in your life that you're doing this for, a particular group in society that you're doing this for, or even, as you say, if it's down to like personal goals, that you've got something to focus on, that that's the thing that's going to get you through. What's really important is to check back in on the why. So at the moment, the why, or sorry, in in previous weeks, the why was flatten the curve. We want to contain the virus. We w- we don't want to overwhelm our health service. We don't want to put that vulnerable individual or vulnerable vulnerable individuals at risk. Now we need to check back in again on the why, because none of us are going to want to go through another two weeks of this lockdown, trying to reframe what's happening to say, well, actually, by staying at home and being responsible and keeping people safe, and to try and find things that 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 are going to be goals for you and having your self-care routine. I know you've talked a lot in the in the previous podcast about mm-hmm. how people can mind themselves. Mm-hmm. And part of that is is keeping your well-being routine going for the next two weeks and also maybe setting a goal or two for yourself to keep yourself sane. Yeah. Yeah. Don't write an article on procrastination, though. Well, you, you, you didn't. No. <laughs> So there you have it, a new goal and plenty of grit will help us to weather whatever is coming down the tracks in the next week or so. I think it's always reassuring to hear someone in the know give voice to what we're all feeling and, you know, why we may be feeling it. I think it helps us to understand ourselves that bit better. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Podrick and if you want to hear more from him, check out the Behavioural Vaccine podcast or you can find him at actualiseacademy.com. We've been with you now as a daily podcast for 24 episodes and from next week, You OK will be moving to a weekly show. In the meantime, though, you can listen back to past episodes at rte.ie forward slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss us because we'd miss you. Thanks for your company today. I hope you'll find ways to enjoy the long weekend and remember, stay home and stay safe. I'm Jani Lanagon. We'll talk again tomorrow when I'll be joined by Neva Maguire. And in the meantime, take care.
This podcast is created and edited by Paul Moriarty and me, Jamie Lanagon. If you or someone you know is struggling with their mental health at the moment, please access helpline information at rte.ie forward slash helplines.